Welcome to Stand at the Table. We are friends in community, part of a church called Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Despite our many differences, we aim to stay at the table, which means we don't walk away from each other when we disagree. We believe the best relationships come when we are willing to listen to each other, showing love even when we continue to see the world differently. In today's episode, we're joined by Andrea Moore, and we get to discuss her journey of spirituality, her connection to God, and how she walked through that with Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. Hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to Staying at the Table and our series on, Hey, Why Did You Stay? <laughs> I see That's how I did it. that. Right there. See how I did that. Why'd you stay anyway? Why'd you stay anyway? <laughs> what are you still doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, you're still here? <laughs> so we are inviting various people in and asking them to share their story with us on what brought them to Cornerstone and literally what made you stay at Cornerstone because we have had a lot of changes over the last especially eight years. And so we are very fortunate to have Andrea Moore, who for the first two years that she was in our church, I called Andrea. (laughs) And then finally one day I was meeting with she and a friend and the girlfriend looks at me and goes, you know, her name is Andrea, right? (laughs) Thank you, Andrea, for not telling me. (laughs) Anyway, so we've had a long history and Andrea has been a part of Cornerstone for about 15 years. She, and by the way, is the wife of the wonderful (laughs) Dave Moore, who is behind with our, uh, does all of our podcasting. And so we're very happy she's with us. But first, we have with us today Matt Kissler. Good morning. Reverend Sophia Futris. Good day. Brian Chilcote. Good whatever time it is you're listening to this. Exactly. <laughs> and me, I'm going to give my full title, the Reverend Dr. Tracy Soletta, and of course, Dave Moore, who is gazing across at his beautiful wife, Aww. Andrea. <laughs> so, um, Andrea, we're so glad you came. You want to tell everybody hello? Hi. Good. <laughs> and that's, and that's all. We, thank you for visiting us today. No. So, um, you know, Andrea and I have a long history together as well. She and I met for two, three years. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Like every Saturday, every other Saturday mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Um, just as she processed her theology and her life, and we did a Bible study and read books that she hated, yep. <laughs> and uh, you know, just just a real special time. So I know her well, and wanted her in here because of her voice and just kind of the way she thinks about things and thinks about God and theology. So let's start with how, what brought you to Cornerstone. How'd you get here, Dave? Um, I don't even I don't even know if we were actually dating or just friends. Or okay, we were dating, I guess. Uh and he was like, come to church with me, and I said, fine. Um and then I think there was just a handful of Sundays, like very sporadic through I don't probably a year or so, where it would just be like uh Sundays that I didn't have a show or didn't have rehearsal or whatever, so I would come. Um I thought you were the pastor of the whole like first year. <laughs> Because just every time I came happened to be like the one Sunday, you know, that month or every two months that you were preaching. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, lady pastor, I'm about it. And then showed up one day and Bob was preaching. I'm like, who the heck is that? Oh, that's (laughs) funny. 
So, um, yeah, I guess that's how I got here was through Dave and just being really excited that I thought there was a female lead pastor. So I kept coming back. (laughs) Okay. So you never had a difficult time with that. No, I was super excited about that. All right. (laughs) So tell us your, cause I, in all of our conversations, I don't remember the, my conversation of your theological background. Where did you come from? Your church background, if you even have one. Uh, well, okay. So I guess we I started United Church of Canada, and then we ended up Southern Baptist for a while. And then I feel like I was at a Methodist church for a bit, and then non-denominational and I think we went back to Southern Baptist before I moved to Pennsylvania. So, but all over the place. <laughs> all right. So you've been around. Mm-hmm. Was that primarily because your family was moving around? Yeah. So we started in Canada, Minnesota, Georgia, Ohio, South Carolina, Pennsylvania. So just kind of whatever church, kind of partially whatever church was closest to the house we lived in right. slash vibed with the most. And that's where we ended up. <laughs> what do you think were some of the things that, you or, I mean, really your family were looking for as you chose whatever church at that time? Like what were the values that really were important to you? Oh, I think my mom was looking for like the youth group since it's myself and my two younger sisters. So like, this is going to sound heartless, but I guess like whatever church had like the youth group that she could like send all three children to and be like, they're probably fine and like go do something else. (laughs) That happens more than <laughs> you, know, you think. I mean, like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> what What would you say your your spiritual mm-hmm. connection to religion or spirituality was pre coming to Cornerstone? Oh, um, probably more of like a ritual thing than anything else. Like you got up Sunday morning. That's where you went. That's what you did. I guess in the thickest part of like youth group culty craze, you know, it's like you went Thursday night, you went Wednesday night, you went Sunday morning, you went whatever other days they had stuff programmed and Mm -hmm. that was just what you did. Um, And then I ended up in theater and never saw anybody ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember once meeting with you and Dave premarital counseling, I think. Oh gosh. Right, long time ago. (laughs) And I remember talking about how important was the Bible in your life? And you jokingly said, well, mine rides around in my trunk. Do mm-hmm. you remember yes. that? I think there's still one in my trunk. <laughs> exactly. I have a memory. <laughs> Stuff comes up. I'm like, whoa, I remember that. Um, so t- really, tell me more about that. Like, where has theology, God, your relationship with God, how important has that been really in your life? And yeah, I'll ask that part A of the question. Um, I guess like percentage wise, like from beginning to now, probably, I guess if we're going on like a grading scale, like a C type thing, like, um, it wasn't until I have no concept of time. So relatively later in the timeline of my life that, um, I guess like my relationship with God and like theology and all that became more of an intentional thing. So, I mean, i grading scale, I don't know if I'm any better at it, but like more aware that I'm probably only at a C plus B than as before. It was just kind of, it was passing. So it was fine. 
what are what what are some of the rubrics that you're using? <laughs> nice question. Yes. I was like, and what the grading <laughs> rubric is? Um, I guess the grading rubric is probably along the idea of, or I guess you know, like big picture when somebody asks you, like, oh, how's your relationship with so and so, like. Do you talk to that person? If they asked you to pick up coffee, would you be able to pick up the right cup of coffee? Um, <laughs> you know, do you know what kind of milk or not milk substitute they use? Like that kind of thing. Um, which as I'd say like before, to like continue with the coffee metaphor, like I knew Jesus drank coffee, but I didn't know what kind or where to get it from. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So now I'd probably get the order wrong half the time, but like I would at least remember when it was wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did that, like, like talk about your, your um, movement, I guess, through Cornerstone through these years? Because you guys, you know, you came, and, you know, we've been talking a lot in, in these podcasts about, really pre-Bob and then mm. after Bob, only because that's a point of demarcation. And that was a really, you know, with Bob, he was, you know, built this community, was here for 20, 25 years. And then afterwards, you know, last eight years, I've been in lead and there's been a lot of changes. So you kind of rode the wave through mm. all of that. So tell us, tell us the story from your perspective you know, the, the, you know, how you interacted with Cornerstone pre Bob mm. and then kind of the shift after. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Crying a lot of memory here. <laughs> um, I think pre, I was probably still very much in the like ritual side of it. Like, I guess a lot of that I was still an undergrad, so like Sundays tended to be off. So like I got up in the morning, met Dave or whoever other friends I had, and we walked over. Um, and then, yeah, I guess even like through the beginning of teaching, like weekends I was free. So like, you know, I got up Sunday morning and I came here. Uh, Did I, you like it? it um, It was... I didn't Maybe dislike it, but yeah, right. I mean, like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't not fun, but I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I super enjoy church or like, I can't wait to go back. Like you just, you went cause that's what you were su- supposed to do. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know if I don't like, if I actively don't like something, I'm the first one to throw it out. Like, right. <laughs> I don't have any patience for it. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't like not enjoyable, but it definitely wasn't something I was like, oh, I can't wait to go. Um, a lot of times it was like going because I knew that was the place, especially like when I lived out in Ardmore or like closer to Philly, like I knew Sunday mornings I would see the people who lived in Westchester and like that was more like the one person, you know, who I wanted to hang out with. I was like, great, I will go see like Jenny Bopper or whoever or Terry, like that kind of thing. Um, I think when it probably started to change was the temple work when that, mm. I guess the first, second, I don't know what version or what round of it was. Um, but when second, okay, second, okay. Dave's giving me the <laughs> correct information. Um, so when we did that, um, I guess, I don't know. I'm a reader and I'm super like, um, you're a writer. Mm, ish. <laughs> She's a good writer. Maybe a C plus. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Um, 
so yeah, when they did uh, temple work and everything kind of changed into more of this like, or the opening to have like an epic narrative, like in my head, it went super like Tolkien. It went like very much Harry Potter. Like everything was super, uh, it was just an epic narrative, which definitely changed how I interacted with, um, with the Bible, with God, with like even just conversations between myself and them and which I had never really thought of before. It had always just been like you sit down at church and people tell you things and then you go and, you know, you be a good person. Um, so then all of a sudden having like conversations in this written way that were like larger than life and were impossible in a lot of ways, but like made super sense in my brain, all of a sudden just kind of changed. I guess everything went from like black and white to color if that makes sense. It does. And just so that podcast world understand, temple work is something that Pastor Bob wrote. Mm-hmm. And he did wrote, write it in like an allegorical mm-hmm. style of Tolkien and, and uh, C.S. Lewis. And it's an interactive journal. And you can be a part of that <laughs> on templework.com. Is that the um, site still live? Yeah, it is. I think so. If it's not, we'll get it live. And um, it was live the last time I saw it. So, so that kind of brought God in mm-hmm. in a different way. And, and just to underscore, part of the reason why I wanted you, you know, to have your voice a part of this podcast is because you were the person who did not buy into church. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> were the one that kind of felt like, yeah, whatever. You were the one who came and— um, <clears throat> were socially. Mm-hmm. You came because Dave was here. You came because your friends were here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. And part of that, even in the way that, you know, I mentored you, wasn't about whether or not you were there in church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why I wanted your your voice in here. So cool. tell us the journey. So, um Temple work kind of opened up something new. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. I think temple work formed, um, this is going to sound weird, formed a actual location like in my mind in order to like manipulate, create, um, reorder, rearrange, kind of play with things, take them apart, put it back together uh, and like, created a space where like God could come in and like mess with the things that I was messing with. So like, you know, would show up and all of a sudden would like throw a glitter bomb in there. And it was like, I hate glitter. Um, what do I do with this? And then it was like an an argument about whatever the glitter actually was. And then that would turn into something that I hadn't even thought about yet. Mm. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, dang, there's glitter everywhere. Like now I have to fix this. Um, or (laughs) a really weird example, uh, like when our dog got sick and all of a sudden he was doing really, really poorly and I thought he was going to die. And like, I was so upset and I didn't know what to do with that. And like in this space that had been created through temple work, like I went in like full on to like in the journaling I was doing, like full on picked up a book and like chucked it at Jesus's head and was so mad and was like yelling and just told him everything I had to think about it. Um, you know, and then he turns around and he's like crying and covered in dog hair. And I was like, Oh, okay. You're just as upset about this as I am. Like, sweet, great. We can talk about this now. I love that. <laughs> so, stuff like that. Like it just, it created such a more personable, like almost humanesque aspect and human, humanesque. Wow. That wasn't a word. Humanesque aspect in order to like connect with and figure it out and, 
move forward from versus it being like, do this, don't do that. And like, here's a really specific curated list of rules to follow, Mm. which I have never done. Nice. (laughs) I think what's interesting about what you're saying is in all the ways that I've seen you show up at church, they are profoundly relatable in the human sense, Mm -hmm. in your writings, in your readings in your drama you know and I think it's so easy in the church world to say I don't really have a churchy Mm. connection or background or real you know it just was routine all the while when you're showing up you're bringing such a divine experience Mm. and I think it's easy to separate those in like a binary thinking of like well it's just what I did sure all the while your expression is pr- pr- profound, mm-hmm. but because of the the boxes that we put on yeah. Christianity and mm-hmm. how spiritually engaged we are, in your lens, you weren't really there. Mm-hmm. But my view of you was like, yeah, you were there all <laughs> along, blowing the box off of religion mm-hmm. and the roteness of church by bringing us this breath of human story. Mm-hmm. Oh. There's no question there. <laughs> Just a really profound well, statement. Really you lovely. should come up with a question. <laughs> so I'm curious. <laughs> Tell me more about what I just said. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Tell me more. What are your thoughts to what I just said? So well, I have a question. Oh, okay, thank you. Please, please Brian. I'll oh save God. us here. Um, from where you are now, mm-hmm. and I don't know you very well, and Andrea... Uh, See, so, you already said her name. <laughs> yeah, I almost said it. Andrea. Know kind of coffee. But you notice how I said, I don't know you very well. You prefaced it. Andre. Um, what, where you, from where you stand now, what are you looking forward to? I mean, we've all gone through this journey, but what are the things that have come your way that now you're thinking, wow, I hope this develops or goes someplace? Are there things you're expectant about uh, having to do with your relationship with God, with Mm. the church, all those things? Oh, um, I don't know if I have anything like specific. Um, it, well, it's maybe strange, maybe not. I don't know. I guess depending on who you ask, um, like my relationship with the church at the moment is so all over the place. Like I work as many Sundays, I work more Sundays than I don't. Um, on right now, if I do have off on a Sunday, I've got 11 dogs at home to take care of. Like, you know, Dave does so much with the sound. So it's like, if someone has to leave the house, it's probably him. Like I'll stay home and take care of everything else. Um, which like, honestly, there's 11 dogs at home. Why would I leave? <laughs> so <laughs> that's, like, to that's your up. church, baby. That's your <laughs> you church. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the relational with the church is, it tends to be more on like Facebook than anything else. Like I'll, you know, have it going while I'm trying to convince the puppies to eat or while I'm, you know, shepherding two dogs into one room to let the other one out. Um, or just, you know, it's the two hours I have all week where I'm not like scheduled to be somewhere. And like, as much as I love everybody, like I would rather sit at home with my cup of coffee and my pajamas for like two hours and just listen to it and then go have to be out in public. Um, so it's I, yeah, it's interesting because it's like I don't know where it's going and I don't necessarily have any idea what I am walking down or towards or through, but I'm going somewhere. So eventually I'll trip over something and realize it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. 
Yeah, what I love about what you're saying, and this is why I love us <laughs> as as a community, is we know that about you, right? We know that you have 11 dogs at home. We know that, um, you know, church is not the be-all to end-all for you. Mm. And it remains more of a social space for you to come see your people, mm. right? And to to be a part. I mean, I, I know you get things out of the service, you know, when you're here, but I, I love that you have the freedom. Mm. So do you ever feel the pressure to be here? Like, do you ever feel the quintessential, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't been there in five weeks. I better show up because, I, I, you know, what happens um, in you? Not necessarily the pressure. I think, I think when I, I mean, when I do come, I normally have like a sewing project or like a crochet mm-hmm. project or something. So like I sit there and my hands are busy and I'm, which is funny because it's, it's definitely like as much of a, I listen better when my hands are doing something oh, yeah. as much as a like, oh, I'm counting stitches, like, don't talk to me <laughs> kind of thing. Right. So like every now and then it's kind of like, oh, I haven't been in a while. I wonder who, who is there or like who is the same schedule I have or like more of a curiosity thing than like a pressure thing. And I mean, or like if Dave's leading, you know, I'll, if I can, I'll go and see him. Um though it always tends to happen on the days I have shows, so I don't often get to see him lead worship. Dave is also a worship leader, <laughs> podcast land. Okay, go ahead. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. You know, it's like he'll be leading worship, so I want to go see him play or like just a general curiosity of who's around, what's happening, what's changed. So your perspective of church, it, it's, <laughs> I like it. You don't necessarily come because it's like, I got to connect with God Mm-mm. or I need to worship or mm-hmm. I need, you know, I just need someone to preach. I just need to hear the word. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you, you, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. You know, I feel like if that's, if that's kind of the vibe I'm feeling, it'll either be I'll sit down and journal or it's on like the 45 minute commute to or from work. And it's mostly me just like straight up stream of conscious ranting in the car and like figuring out where that's going. And then you get a six page email from me. <laughs> I do. And then we meet. And then we, yeah. I do. So your connection with God, it sounds like, and the way that you engage with spirituality is a lot less dependent on the large group structure Mm -hmm. and more so draws from the interior experience. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I am... I will avoid large group structure any and everywhere I can. <laughs> and on relationship. Oh, yeah. Because you do connect, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a lot with <laughs> with leaders. Mm-hmm. Especially you, you, a lot of your friends are leaders in, within the community here. Yeah. Elders. Yeah, I guess right? so. <laughs> right? Leaders, Dave, right? So you connect through relationship, small, mm-hmm. small groups relationally. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go back to, you're watching all of this unfold. Okay. This being, you know, you're here, you're part of this. Pastor Bob passes away. I step in. Lots of changes. Loving fear, loving God, loving others fearlessly. You know, we're, we're changing up our purpose, our mission. 
We're moving to being an inclusive community. What's happening in Andrea this whole time? What are you observing and seeing? And or how is it affecting you? I think a lot of the change and like upheaval almost was happening um, while I was in graduate school. So like I was only kind of partially aware of everything okay. that was happening. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I was at school for like 20 hours a day and then would like get home and be like, Dave, what's happening here? 20 minutes of it before like falling asleep and then getting up to go back to school. <laughs> right. I remember the like conversations about being like changing up the loving fearlessly and like being more open and being more inclusive. Um, I don't remember what, I wish I could remember who said or like what was said, but I remember something along the lines of like the church is like deciding whether or not to be inclusive, to be open. Um, and I was probably talking to Ben and Terry, honestly. And I feel like um, when I heard the like deciding whether or not to be, it was like really clear to me, at least it was like, cool. It's like, well, either we're open and inclusive or like I'm out. Mm. Like there's, I don't need to, like I don't, I didn't feel connected enough to be like, okay, I will like drudge through this if they decide that this is like a closed community. And it was like, if it's, if it's not for everybody, then like I will continue to do my, my own thing at home and I will have my own safe space with my people and my friends and kind of the church can do what it wants and history repeats itself. Let's move on. (laughs) Right. So how did you reconcile that pre before we were inclusive? Um, I think a little bit of it was I was lucky enough I didn't have to think about it. Like I, Mm. when you look at me, I fit the mold. Um, And if people don't ask too many questions, they don't know that I'm not necessarily as uh, Bible-y as I might look. (laughs) Um, So I think, yeah, before all of that, I didn't have to think about it. So for a little bit, I just didn't. Um, When it started to become a thing, I know there were like, a few moments, I remember like a few moments and I couldn't tell you how long ago where it was like so-and-so wanted to do something, but because of, you know, X, Y, and Z category, they were not allowed to. Um, and I remember like telling Dave, I was like, nope, I'm gone. I'm out. Like, I'm not coming back. Um, but he was so like connected and was a part of like so many of the worship teams and did all the other stuff that like, he wasn't necessarily ready to walk away from it all. So I was like, fine, you keep going. And I guess I'll show up sometimes with you and I'll, mm. we'll see. Um, and then, yeah, I would go and Tracy, you'd be preaching. And I was like, okay, well, I really like Tracy though. All right, I'm only coming when Tracy preaches. Like, tell me when Tracy's preaching and like, that's fine. Um, and then I would kind of like disconnect from everything else and like not think about it. Um, so I think a lot of it, a lot of the like, either it is or it isn't came I mean, partially with graduate school and like with getting deeper into the theater world and like realizing that just because I didn't have to think about those things didn't mean that like 98% of my friends didn't have to think about those things. And if I couldn't comfortably invite them with me to a place that was supposed to be community oriented, then I'm, it wasn't worth my inviting them to that place. Right. Yeah. I think that's a powerful, it's a powerful demarcation point Mm -hmm. of once it's brought to light and thinking of it through the lens of your community. Mm. Like is it's one thing to think about your own faith and spirituality through the lens of your own experience, but then the bigger picture of when you started thinking about your friends mm-hmm. and your community that you engage with, that's like then that shifted your ability mm. to engage and your decision. Right? Which is powerful because I think if 
uh, you know, it's it's just interesting hearing you say, if my community can't come into this community, then this isn't my community. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, it's like a... Communicative property. <laughs> took the word right out of <laughs> Not That's my what I was going to say. That sounds awfully mathy. <laughs> yeah. well, Sorry, I, I'll just, I, just I, go I, back I, to my point. <laughs> um, what were some of the uh, authors or writers or other voices that you've been listening to in the last few years, maybe starting with the temple work? Do you have favorites that really spoke to you and that you feel like you could recommend to folks who are exploring? Oh, that's assuming that I listen and read things that are educational. I listen to a lot of murder podcasts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Okay. I'm, I'm listening to him go there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, He's you don't know Andrea. <laughs> oh, all right. That's a, that's a lot of murder podcasts, a lot of um, Harry Potter. A lot of <laughs> right. Yeah, that's... Well, have any of those... <laughs> I mean, I get that. <laughs> have, have any of the things you've read and connected with provided you with some structure to your story and your journey? Mm, nice. Um... Well, I guess interestingly enough, like, um, I don't want to like step on any toes, but like the whole Harry Potter thing, right? So like she who must not be named just turned into not a pleasant person, JK Rowling. She mm. has come out and has just said a whole bunch of really terrible right. things. Oh, really? Like, I oh, have not gosh. heard this. Oh, she's yeah. trans community. Yeah. She's just, oh, okay. she's gone down a very dark hole and okay. I think, I mean, at least from my experience, the fandom as a whole has kind of left her behind and we're like, that's fine. You know, you be miserable in your corner and we will take our beloved characters and move on without you. Um, so it's interesting though, like, cause I am, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I mean, like all my dogs are named after Harry Potter characters. All my tattoos are Harry Potter based. Like our house is Harry Potter themed. Like I love it. It's the thing that got me into reading when I was little. Um, and I do, I love the characters and I love the story, but they are super problematic. And there are so many things in them that you read it now. And I'm like, girl, what, like how, 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 how did this get published? Like, why is this a thing that's so accepted? Um, and so it's interesting to like read it and to sit with it and take it apart. And my English major brain can't help, but like, you know, go through and it's like, okay, so what is the intent behind it? What is the, uh, what is the narrative voice actually saying? Like, if we take away author intent, what am I left with? If we like bring that back in, how does it change? Um, and so I think like all of that, every time I sit with it and then like turn around and try to journal and like have conversations with God, there's like all this extra like magic to it. Um, so like I'm a huge fan of like witchcraft and I love the uh, stories and the myths and like all the stuff that goes into the occult without like actually me going into it. But I think there's so, there's so much earthiness to it and there's so much crunchiness to it. And um, it's visceral in a way that a lot of other things aren't. And I, maybe I'm generalizing, but I think like most 13 year old girls have a like love affair with it because it's like the first time you find something that's completely female centric. Um, so it's like you take that and then you take this fantasy version of it with Harry Potter. And then you look at how all of this comes together and how Christians just hate everything and all of it's terrible. Um, and like some of it is terrible. There is some stuff that's not great, but so it's like all of that kind of comes together into this weird bubbling cauldron, um, that inevitably then pours out into all of the journaling and what the stories are and how I interact with God and like, um, what I'm writing down, if it's communicating what I think it's communicating or if it's, or I guess, so yeah, what is the author intent versus what's actually being said? Um, what are the word choices being used? How is the phrasing different? Like what is all the symbolism behind it versus if it's 
intentional or unintentional. Um, I feel like a lot of times I'll end up sending Tracy stuff and she's like, oh, look at all these like weird things that you wrote about. I'm like, oh, those are weird. I didn't even think about that. Um, and yeah, so a lot of times like I write it all down and I'm looking at it and I'm like, that is a cool little story about nothing. And then Tracy reads it and she's like, ha ha, this is like your whole past week that you just told me about. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even realize. Um, so I don't know if that actually answered your yeah, question or yeah. if I went on a weird tangent. I mean, you, you seem to have a, a literary approach to things and maybe in specific, you're drawn to the mythology, the mystery, the mm. things like that, the intangibles that can maybe only be expressed through um, some kind of, maybe we could call it fiction or sure. those kinds of stories, that, that angle. Yeah. And in Christian circles, usually we reject that as, you know, unnecessary mm-hmm. or misleading or mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, you know, I really like that approach to maybe even to the Bible as mm-hmm. story, as narrative, and what truths can you derive from that for yourself um, without it having to be literal in every sure. every way. What yeah. is fascinating to me, which is why I've always enjoyed meeting with you, talking <laughs> with you, is because it, it isn't the proverbial Christian, mm. because it kicks against the goad. Mm-hmm. It kicks against the grain of what we would call okay in Christian circles. Mm-hmm. How can you connect with God through witchcraft? How can you <laughs> connect with God in that bubbling cauldron? Mm-hmm. You know, how is that possible? And it is possible. And, you know, 10 years ago, I would have gone, oh, Andrea's going out to these men, man, we got to pray for a soul, right? But, you know, there's a, there's a journey because I know your walk with God mm-hmm. and I know there's a connection. And, you, you know, you would not be an acceptable person in most evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. You don't fit the mold. But, you know, you have allowed yourself the freedom to, you know, even with me asking you, you know, what was happening in Andrea during this time, right? And basically you're like, I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I knew what was going on because Dave, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and it's it's the journey of connecting, as we said in the very, very first podcast, you know, with, with yeah, why are you here? Mm-hmm. You know, is you know how to drink from the well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's your way of drinking from mm-hmm. the well. Sure. And it doesn't match mine. And that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you you sharing that and and just opening up that road, which is also why temple work mm-hmm. speaks to you so deeply. And even, you know, when you're talking about books, we would I would have these books and I would say, Let's read them together. <laughs> and she would come in going, I hate this book. <laughs> right? It was fabulous. And I'd be like, well, why? And then I began to see, that is a stupid book. <laughs> you know? So it, it it was interesting because she would go behind the scenes. I'm just taking it at what I'm reading. You know? And she's like, this is crap! You know? So it, it was, uh, yeah, I just appreciate that voice mm-hmm. that, that you carry and the uniqueness of that yeah. voice. I think in a lot of ways, too, the journey of Cornerstone um, started to match you more oh like as 
as Cornerstone became more inclusive and open, it sounds like, you know, I'd be curious what you think, is it sounds like it actually lined up more with mm-hmm. who you were. Like that you were attending and kind of coming almost in a ritualistic way as you wanted to. But then as you continued to come, the transformation of Cornerstone create, created more space for people like you. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, feeling comfortable enough to be able to bring, like, the sewing projects and the crochet. Like, I would never would have done that, like, six, ten years ago. Like, I would have felt wow. so uncomfortable and, like, everyone was staring in a bad way. <laughs> Whereas I feel like I get a lot of stares now, but more in a, like, what are you doing type of way. And it strikes me that, you know, for other people we've heard from, the church was what they went to to form their understanding of God. Mm. Well, it seems like you, that wasn't the main mechanism for you, Mm-mm. not the organized church. And I think it points to a different way. And I think it's important to recognize that for not everybody's going to come to church to see like, teach me, <laughs> tell, tell me how to do God. Right. Some people are going to say, I kind of think God is already doing something here. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you help, that's great. But <laughs> right. if not, then take a hike. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that's real. And it's important for people in that situation to realize that like, there's still a place at the table. Like yes. you can still exactly. engage with God, even if the traditional forms aren't what mm-hmm. don't fit you. Yeah. Well, Andrea, Thank you. Thank you for coming and being you, being your unique self. Yes. I love that. I love your voice. I love you sharing that. And and I really, um, I really especially love, it's just what Matt just said, that you follow God Andrea's way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the God we serve. Mm-hmm. That's the image, right, of the body, is, is we don't all shove ourselves into a box so that we all look the same, but we have the freedom to be who we are. So that's good. Keep those six pagers coming. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) They're fun. Oh, Andrea sent me an email. Okay, settle down, get a cup of tea, go sit in the corner, read. (laughs) Read the story. And you know what I love about that is that it gives permission to somebody else who's like you, Mm -hmm. the freedom to find and discover their spiritual journey outside of the confines of a traditional religious aspect or paradigm and we need more of that yes because everybody can look at somebody else and say you know what actually the way they do it fits me just me yeah Mm -hmm. and it gives permission to somebody else to explore in their own way so thank you for (laughs) being courageous enough to live your own way and not succumb to some of those binary ways of doing religion yeah and i i do want to add on on the back of that is and you remain in community, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> right? You, that, I think, is the image of, of the body, mm. is you remain in community and, and you remain in relationship. And I think, I I'm, you know, said this a few podcasts ago, I believe in community. Mm. I believe we're the body. I believe we're supposed to move together mm. and know each other. You and, know. It, and it just reminds me of when Christ is talking about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. The church is to serve, yes. mm-hmm. not people to serve the church. Yeah. Like we don't become Christians so we can make the church better. The church is a, is a, is a function that allows us to be community better. 
And we should be open to and welcome the church looking like the community that feeds our spiritual walks, mm-hmm. not us having to feed, shift ourselves into something that feeds uh, an organization that exists. Yeah. Anyway. It's good. No, I like that. It's good. So again, thank you. Thank you to everybody around the table. Thank you to Dave. Thank you for marrying Andrea. (laughs) Thank you for putting up with the 11 dogs. Exactly. Good man. And uh, yeah, find a table to stay at, stay in conflict, you know, not on purpose, but work through things. (laughs) Don't be afraid. And we just really appreciate everybody listening and being a part of our podcast. And we will see you next time. Thank you. See you later. See ya. Staying at the Table is hosted by Dr. Tracy Saletta, Matthew Kistler, and James Beatty, and produced by Hear It Sound and Studio. Got a question or a comment or a topic you want discussed? Email us at adminccf at gmail.com. We'd love hearing from you. And don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with new episodes coming out. And if you're feeling kind, leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Find out more about staying at the table at cornerstonewestchester.com. Oh,